Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. We ask that you would steal our hearts and minds that we might be courageously yours. That we might know the, the deep humility that comes from our salvation. And we might express the deep joy that comes from belonging to you. Open our hearts and minds, O oh Lord, to your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our text this morning, well, after seminary, I, while it was still fresh in my mind, I translated the book of Romans from Greek. And in doing so, I realized how hugely magnificent this, this work of Paul's is. He had not yet been to Rome, but he wrote his letter to Rome, and I consider it his magnum opus of all of his letters. So it was not so much a particular people, people that he already knew. It was a people that he would go meet. And so he was writing something in preparation of his arrival. He ended up going to Rome where he was killed. And yet this letter preceded him and, and it set a tone for the nature of his time with them, most of which he spent imprisoned in Rome. But because I was so intimidated by this letter, in my years of ministry, I hardly touch Romans. I work around it. And this is one of the, the core statements of Paul's letter. The second, of course, is Romans 8, where um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But this, this letter is a statement that is a little, bit, a little bit about him, but mostly about our Lord. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from Romans 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. God had his understanding to this hearing of his word. 
Boy, we live in a time in which it seems that righteousness is breaking out all over. Uh-huh. What? What, Don? <laughs> Meaning, we have so many in so many sectors who are expressing complete, utter disdain for other people. That, that sense of righteousness that judges other people, that expresses so much hatred for others. We cannot disagree. We must be enemies. And so one side over against the other, and they're righteous, and they're righteous, and we have sort of a, a shrinking middle. People who do their best to simply speak the truth as they see it without being so angry and mean and righteous toward those who are viewed as being so unrighteous. It's an odd time, strange time, where those who think they're so right can express so much hatred. It's evidence of the reality that we are under wrath. We're under the wrath of God. See why this is a hard book to preach, talking like that. It's very difficult. But that, that hatred that is out there is demonstration that, that this, is the, this is the wrath of God allowing for us to be this way. God's judgment is not throwing down lightning bolts. God's judgment is not zapping us. The judgment of God is that he lets us go. He lets us do what we want to do. C.S. Lewis says God is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way. So he lets us go. And when our actions and behaviors are not, are not governed, if we're not playing by the rules, as Billy Graham referenced, if we're not even aware that rules exist, this is what it looks like. The wrath of God Paul says, is revealed against all unrighteousness. Well, that's not me. I'm not under that. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of the outsiders. I'm one of the insiders. Well, no, that is also me. I am part of that under which the wrath of God is made evident. And it's, it's been evident since the creation of time. The divine nature of God has been evident to all since the very beginning of time. Not just the beauty of creation, but the hard tug of temptation. The, the impulse to do what is just natural. 
The impulse, if I get really mad at somebody, to smack them. That impulse. That's a demonstration that, that, the, that the presence of God is everywhere. Now, <clears throat> during the Reformation, they tried to argue what was called double predestination. And that God destined, predestined those who were damned and those who were saved. But the reality is, as more work was done on that doctrine, as Paul says later in Romans, for God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy upon all. So there are also those who, again, think that there are, they are on the right side, that they are right, they are righteous, but they are demonstrating their unrighteousness by, with that righteousness, showing hatred. This was the context of the New Testament. This was the context of, of Jesus' own ministry. Well, the self-righteous Pharisees and the self-righteous Sadducees were fighting with one another, and they were both fighting against the Essenes. And, and then the people were caught in all of this. And, and then here comes Jesus. And they had, in their righteousness, had to hate him, even to the point of death. And all of this evidences that we, this world, life, is, is under wrath. And it's more that, I mean, you look at the life of Jesus and how he treated people. When people stumbled on the human condition, when they, when they got caught doing something bad, we know about the woman caught in adultery. What we don't know is about a little boy who got caught stealing from his brother or sister or, or friend. But when people stumbled on the humanity, Jesus was so tender and loving. But when people stumbled on their humanity in the form that it came out as self-righteousness and hatred of others, he had very little tolerance. Brood of vipers, he said. So, because we cannot accept the reality of who God is, because the because we have to do things to reinforce that, self, that sense of righteousness, that I'm right and all those other people are wrong. Paul says we exchange the reality of the immortal God with images. First, of, of mortals. I thought about this way back when I was in college and some kids on campus at UC Santa Barbara we're wearing t-shirts with Che Guevara. I thought, why? <laughs> the guy's a bonehead. He was vicious, revolutionary, he killed people. Others, Mao. And we've all seen in these totalitarian areas the images, huge images of their leaders on walls, etc. It's idolatry. Exchange God for some human being, some fallible human being. And, and when we see this, well, yes, we think, well, what? What are we thinking? What are they thinking? 
But this exchange for the, the reality of God's glory and glorify some human being, and all that human being ultimately does, as we know from history, is bring about more hatred, make things worse. At the time the Apostle Paul went into Rome, the Roman Caesar was considered God. He declared himself God. And the image of Caesar was on all the coins, statues, and everywhere. And in order to do business in the Roman Empire, you actually had to take a little bit of incense and pinch it in front of the bust of the Caesar. So Paul writes to that early church. He says, that's not God. Even though you may think Caesar's a great guy, whether it's Nero or Domitian, whoever it might be, you may think he's a great guy. That's different from being God. Different from relying upon some human to do what God alone can do. And so he says that all, all have come under the same wrath. And it doesn't matter where we stand. We're all under the wrath of God. And we are all of us likewise in a place where we are likewise under the grace of God, the mercy of God. Because even the worst person out there, whoever that may be, can still enjoy, enjoy a sunset, can still enjoy what God has made. You know, that which is natural, that is before us, we who have, who are fallen and brought the whole creation down with us, that which is untouched by human hands, I've been, I've been watching this series of beautiful hymns and stuff by a man named Tim Janus, and I don't know how he did this, but he has scenery from all over the world in the vast majority of cases with this soft hymn, these soft hymns going on underneath, the vast majority of cases are open, wide, natural scenes. And they're so beautiful. And they're from all over the world. And there is nothing that has been untouched by human hands that isn't overwhelmingly beautiful. But then we come along, and there's a plastic water bottle right there. Or, or a whatever it may be, and, and we, with our best efforts, try to replicate what God has already made. And we can do beautiful things in as much as we try to replicate what God has created. But the reality is, we are all of us under both wrath and under mercy. We're under that hard judgment of God, and we feel that judgment with our daily lives. And we act out that judgment when we act as if we are God, judging others and hating others, rather than doing the best we can to take on the eyes of Christ and look, look at people in their human condition and see in them the imago Dei, the image of God within them. So I was a freshman. 
I got to thinking about UC Santa Barbara this week for some reason. I was a freshman at Santa Barbara. <clears throat> Santa Barbara, pardon me. <clears throat> but Santa Barbara, <clears throat> that's the devil, not. <clears throat> <clears throat> and I, I went to, um, yeah, so if you can, if you can get, oh. <clears throat> I went to the opening lecture of my sociology class. I was a sociology major. Thank you, Billy. <clears throat> I was a sociology major, and the professor, about 150 of us in the, in the lecture hall. The professor gets up, and one of the first things he does is lift up a Bible, holds it up, and then he throws it down on the ground, and he stomps on it. And he says, if this is offensive to you, you can leave now. A number of people got up and walked out. I sat there, and I listened to the lecture. I don't remember it, but I, re I listened to the lecture. But then I, I made an appointment with him. Went to his door, he had a clipboard outside and I just signed up for an appointment. And at the time I went in, and of course I'm terrified. I'm, you know, I, I'm an 18 year old kid and he was old, he was 30. And um, <clears throat> he was one of those 60s radicals and, and I was, I was a kid who, I mean, I still wear the same kind of clothes I wore in high school. I wear button-down shirts and all that sort of thing, athlete and all that. And uh, so I was the all-American boy, and he was a 60s radical. And I went in and I sat down across his desk. And somehow, I, all of my anxiety and fear, which was before I got there, just drained away. And I just looked at him and I said, Dr. Mollis, I was deeply offended by what you did. I felt it was wrong, judgmental, and excluded me and others from your class. It seemed like you were just trying to get everyone to agree with you, or you only wanted people there who agreed with you. And then I said, I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm not ashamed of that. I literally said I'm not ashamed, not even thinking about the text I read this morning. I'm not ashamed of that. And because I'm not ashamed, I want you to know I'll continue in your class. And he was rocked back in his chair, very professorial, like this. He didn't say anything. But then he leaned forward and reached across the desk to shake my hand. And that was the end. That was it. But I have to say, I was at that moment when we shook hands with one another and the divide of hatred had been bridged when the mutuality of judgment 
had been overcome by the reality of grace and mercy. I felt good. And I actually do remember having some affection for that man in the course of the semester. I ended up a sociology major, actually criminology. That's why I'm in the ministry. <laughs> but God did something in my heart. Because I was, I was ready to judge him in return. I was ready to, after years of arguing with my dad, ready to argue with him. I was well practiced. But instead, I came away with a moment of grace and mercy. And I believe it was on both of us. Brothers and sisters, don't be ashamed of the gospel. And by that I mean, know that that person with whom you may have ardent disagreements is under mercy as you are, under judgment as you are. We're all, we're all in this together, ultimately. And, and the image that God has for all of us, as was beautifully expressed in the song this morning, is that one day, one day, when all things come together, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And we don't argue our way there. We love our way to that final day. You join me in prayer. And so, dear Father, may your grace and mercy prevail over our judgmentalism and righteousness that is so human. And may your way, may your way be known only because your church, your, your children, are doing what they can to show the reality of the mercy that has broken in into our lives and into this world because of the redemptive love of your Son, our Savior Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.